besties what's up um i didn't sing at the intro of this podcast and i just think i do deserve a pat on the back um welcome back to parked car convos or welcome to parked car convos if this is your first time listening nice to meet you i'm maddie mitchell um and if you like this podcast i would love it if you could follow it on apple Podcasts or spotify whatever you're listening to it on that way you'll get notified whenever i post um and if you're on apple Podcasts, i would love it if you could rate slash review the podcast if you like me <laughs> please like me um no i'm kidding but thank you for being here and for listening um and yeah let's get into it this week's episode i'm very excited about because it's it's a spooky episode. I love Halloween. I really do. And I will say, kind of creeped out already as I'm recording this because I did just record this entire podcast in its entirety. And then in a blink of an eye, it was gone. It was just simply deleted from my computer. That is weird. I think the ghosts that I'm talking about in the story are messing with me. And I do not appreciate that at all. Um, and also, I went back to record. So I recorded the first one. Then it got deleted and I was like, fuck, I went and had some carrot cake, naturally, the natural progression of things. And I came back to re-record it because I really wanted to go up tomorrow. And when I went to do that, I was, I pressed record and it was coming, it looked all weird. So I played it back to make sure that it was fine. And it had me in that like chipmunk voice. Do you know what I mean? Like the, hi, it was like that. And for why? I didn't do that. So I think the ghosts are just messing with me. Um, but happy Halloween. Halloween is, well, this week-ish. It's on Sunday. I hope you're listening to this before Halloween, so it's, like, fun for you. Um, but I really like Halloween. I love spooky stories. I 100% believe in ghosts. If you don't, maybe you won't like this episode. Oops. Um, but maybe, maybe I can convince you that ghosts are real by the end of this episode. Um, I love ghost stories. I actually, the reason I wanted to do this episode was because my, one of my favorite podcasts of all time is the What We Said podcast and they do a Halloween episode every year where they're like subscribers, followers, whatever. They write in their spooky stories and then they read them on the podcast and it's literally my favorite episode every single year. Um, so I kind of wanted to tell my own scary stories this Halloween and feel free to DM me yours. If you have some crazy stories, you should hit me up on Instagram because I would love to hear them. Um, okay. So I I have a few, most of my scary stories take place at my college that I went to. I've been since I've long since graduated college, not really like two years ago, a year and a half ago. Um, And my college was really actually very haunted. Love that for us. Um, And so I just, there's, it's kind of like a bunch of stories all wrapped into one place, right? And so I just thought I would, I would start from the beginning and just detail the entirety of this haunted place that I lived in for four years because I'm scared. Um, And these are all these are all true stories. I don't know if anyone's going to like second get, I don't know if you guys think I'm lying. Does that make it sound like I'm lying more? Probably. But these are all true stories or stories that have been relayed to me by, by people who I lived amongst at school. Okay. Let's start from the beginning. My freshman year of college, I lived in a dorm that was belovedly nicknamed the SEM. And you might be wondering, "Mm, why the heck was it nicknamed the SEM? Let me tell you. It was nicknamed that because it had been a seminary. And if you're not part of the church, which, okay, I don't know why I like specified it like that. But if you don't know what a seminary is, it is a building in which priests live. I actually am going to have to dictionary.com that. Okay. So I Googled it because I was confused and I was actually wrong. I think, am I a seminary? School of Theology, Theological Seminary, or Divinity School is an educational institution for educating students in scripture theology, generally to prepare them for ordination, to serve as clergy in academics or Christian ministry. Okay, so I wasn't wrong. But I know that the seminary at my school, the one that I I did reside in for an entire year, that one had been home to many priests, many, many priests. And it was no longer home to many priests. Now it was home to college kids. What a fun evolution there. Um, okay. So this building immediately hated it. 
it was just weird. It was very odd. It just felt haunted. You know, when you're in buildings and you're like, this isn't great. This isn't right. This doesn't feel good. That's kind of how you would feel about this building. It was extremely old. And yeah, it just was like a little rough around the edges. And it was very weird. And I would like to say for reference, the college that I went to was very, very small in like a suburban town. And the campus of my school was all very like succinct. It was in a very, you know, compact area. All of the dorms that I lived in my sophomore, junior, senior year were extremely close to all of the buildings I had class in and like the library and the dining hall and, you know, all of those buildings. Um, not my freshman year one, the SEM was literally so far off of like the main campus. It would, it would take me fucking forever to walk to my classes. Um, and it was so far actually that they had a fully functional dining hall in that building because it was so far from the actual dining hall. So my freshman year, I basically, (laughs) I basically didn't socialize with anyone who didn't live in the SEM. Love that. Um, and I, I would always eat my meals in the SEM, in the SEM dining hall. Uh, and it was just, it was fucking crazy. This was, it was so far from everything. I remember when my friends would come to visit me, like my friends who didn't go to school there would come to visit me. They'd be like, literally, what is this building? And why is it not even on campus? Cause they would put in into their GPS, like my college. And I would have to be like, no, you have to put in a completely separate address because you cannot actually by car access my building from campus. Love that for me. So that's just like how far it was. Okay. And like just how like isolated I was from everything else. And so this building, I've been thinking of how to paint a picture of what it actually looked like, like what the setup was. And I just cannot even begin to describe it to you over a podcast. But essentially it was, the building was massive. Like, right. Most dorms I lived in had just like hallways of dorm rooms, naturally, like a kitchen, maybe a room to study in and like a laundry room. That's it. Right. That's pretty run of the mill, pretty generic dorm hall setup. Right. Not this building. No, 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 no. So there was two wings of this building that were just dorm rooms. And I lived in, um, the wing that I lived in was actually an all girls wing. So there was two floors and both hallways were all girls. And then in the second wing that had dorm rooms, it was the top floor was boys. The like main level floor was girls. And then the floor in the basement was boys. So basically two boys hallways, three girls hallways in this building but like in, in two very distinct wings. And then in like the middle, there was this big courtyard area, like outdoor courtyard that was like square And the building kind of like went around that. There was two chapels in this building. Love that for me. Um, one was fucking ginormous, like a full-size chapel. And then one was teeny tiny, like a broom closet that they converted into a chapel. Just odd. Why was this all so normal to me? I have no idea. Um, And then let's see, we had a residence director um, office. We had the RA's office, which was separate. We had the full-fledged fucking dining hall. We had the laundry room, which was in the basement, but not like the basement that there was dorms in, just way creepier in an isolated hallway in the basement. Love that. Um, What else? What else? What else? There was like two lobby ways because like the door that we would come in as students who like lived there was kind of on the side because it was the side that you could access like campus from but then the very front of the building was actually facing a main road and so that had its own little separate lobby area because they would like hold events at like the chapel and so people who like didn't live there would come in that door if that makes sense um that's kind of the best way I know how to describe it it was basically just like a fucking maze it was huge and it was very spooky they actually had a haunted house there for Halloween because it was just so naturally scary it just like exuded haunted horror spooky scary skeletons you know what I mean um so it was actually the perfect place for a haunted house but right from the get-go when I moved in I was like this place is creepy and I didn't like it and the dorm rooms themselves they were pretty much all double so it was just me and my roommate that lived in uh, my dorm room and it was so weird every single dorm room had a sink in it like a sink and a mirror above it that was like you could like open the mirror and like put your like toothbrush and like soap in there which is just odd for so many reasons the main being there wasn't actually a bathroom in the room it was just a sink 
try and picture that just like a it's basically like a prison cell but without a toilet it was so weird um I actually loved it though because having like a sink in the room is weirdly really helpful because I could you know wash my face in the room or brush my teeth in the room without having to like go out into the hallway into like a bathroom with other people so the only thing I like I could go to the bathroom in the bathroom and shower in the bathroom but every everything else I could do in the room which was amazing but the room itself was a little spooky and I lived on the main floor so like basically a burglar could jump in through my window love that for me um and you know I right from the beginning I had heard other girls in my hall talk about how they also thought that this place was kind of creepy and I was like okay good so I'm not the only one here and I actually started talking to a girl across the hall who was telling me that Every night in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. specifically, if you're unfamiliar, that's the witching hour. That's the devil's hour. Um, certain things would fall off of her wall. Love that. And not just like things like, oh, a, a, you know, a piece of paper she had on a bulletin board. No, no, no. Like the whole bulletin board would fall off her wall. And it would happen like clockwork at 3 a.m. Or like her lamp got knocked over one night or a whole ass fucking lamp. Like what? It would just fall over in the middle of the night. Just like really crazy, creepy stuff would happen in her room um, at 3 a.m. And so because of this, I started to like kind of go on a tangent where I was like, oh, my God, this place is haunted. I want to get a Ouija board in here. Right. And I never did because no one was on board with it, which was depressing because I was like weirdly so excited about getting a Ouija board in the room, which is kind of weird that's like very off brand for me I'm an easily scared child like I like don't know why I thought that I could handle that but I think a lot of it stemmed from the fact that I knew that three people had definitely died in that building and before you go thinking I'm some psychic medium no I could actually confirm that based off of news articles um stuff that I'd heard from the RAs and the RD I yeah Three people had died in the building prior to me living there. Okay. So that's like terrifying enough to know on its own, right? Like you're walking around a building and you're like, amazing. Did they die here? Did they die here? It's just like a fun little guessing game to play, right? I'm kidding. I'm just terrified. Um, so I had, I, I tried to figure out like who were these people. I found out eventually that two of the people that had died in the building were priests that had lived there when this was like a full-fledged seminary because they were just old. I was led to believe that they just died of like old age. So I was like, okay, that's fine. They're just like some, some nice old men watching over us, right? That's, that's nice. Um, I thought that was fine. And then I also found out, unfortunately, this was actually really sad that a student had passed in the building um, before it was like three or four years before I lived there, but he had died in his dorm room. Okay. Okay, great. Um, and he had died. He lived in a room in the basement. I don't, I literally wish I remembered how I figured out all this information, but I like became full fledged FBI. Like I needed to know everything about these like ghost stories in this building because I was just so intrigued by it. And so, like I said, the girls across the hall from me, they kept having these weird encounters of things falling and being like knocked over and all of these things. And everyone like fully believed them. Everyone was like, okay, yes, this is terrifying. And, you know, it was one of those things where once one person said it, you kind of started to piece together. Oh, wait, that same thing happened to me the other day. That's weird. Wonder if this is all related. And we had had a few incidences in my room as well where um, just like the, the basic, like I had said, like things falling over, um, things like falling off the wall, like pictures that I had just like kind of randomly flying off the wall, which was kind of weird. Um, one thing that I distinctly remember happening, it was in the fall. It was when I still had a roommate. <laughs> My roommate ended up leaving me after the first semester. Um, and then it got spookier after that. I hate, I hate to tell you in so many ways. Um, but no, when she was still living with me in the fall, she was sitting on her bed. We had our beds on like opposite walls and obviously they, they're both like facing the same way. Um, and it was like we were, it was before bed one night and like we were both up just like talking, getting ready for bed. And I was laying in my bed on my phone and she was getting ready for bed and she had sat on like the edge of her bed and was facing me. And at the, at like the head of her bed where her pillow was and everything, she had like, um, like a nightstand thing next to it with her lamp on it and everything. And 
literally out of nowhere, the lamp just started swinging as if someone had, as if you kind of like when you knock into a lamp, like if you elbowed a lamp and it kind of starts like not spinning, but do you know what I mean? Like spinning around as if it's like trying to regain its balance. And it fully, it fully moved as if someone had like accidentally knocked into the lamp, but she had been sitting on our bed, not moving. And I was obviously sitting on my bed on the opposite side of the room. And we both just freaked out and we were like, holy shit, because it was just the two of us in there. And I had been looking right at her. She had been looking right at me and she just saw out of the the corner of her eye that this lamp starts fucking moving on its own. And it was like, it was, it was definitely enough. Like it fully looked like someone had knocked into it, not enough to fully knock it over, but definitely to like move it around a little bit. Um, that was terrifying. And we like ran out into the hall and like told everyone cause I was, we were so fucking scared. Um, that was cute. And then, um, so little things like that would happen. I'm like little things just like go snocking things over as if it is little and it's not, it was really scary, but I honestly, I never really felt like super scared. It was honestly kind of cool to me because I had been like researching it weirdly and I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, but it ended up getting real spooky in the second semester. So spring semester, semester, nice spring semester of my freshman year. I was, like I said, living in this dorm room by myself. Um, at this point I didn't really have many friends, fun and cute for me. Um, and so I would spend a lot of time napping because I would get up early and go to the gym and then I would go to class and work. And by the time I go back to my room, I was like, Hmm. I don't have any friends to do anything with. I'm just going to sleep it off. Right. We've all been there. Um, maybe you haven't honestly good for you. Um, so I was taking a nap and this was, it, it was in the winter. And I remember this very distinctly because I had been wearing moccasins to class, which was so dumb because it was like snowy and like slushy and icy all over the ground. And so they would occasionally, they would like put the salt down on the ice. I say occasionally because they were really bad at it. And I like almost broke my neck like 35 times slipping on this fucking ice all the time because no one bothered to ice the dorm that we lived in because it was so far off campus that they would typically forget about us. Um, Although it was really nice to live in this dorm when it was like snowing out. And we did get a lot of snowstorms that year because we had a dining hall in our building. So we didn't have to walk to the dining hall to get food. We could just walk down the hall. That was so nice. Literally the only perk of living in this haunted ass building. Um, Anyways, so... Because there was salt on all like the paths on campus, the bottom of my shoes was literally turning white because there's like, I don't know, chemicals in the salt and they were like dying the fabric on my shoes. Love that. So I had just gotten back to my room. My shoes are slushy and gross. You're probably like, Maddie, we don't fucking care, but I promise this has a point. And so I go to take a nap. So I'm like closing my shades. I obviously wear an eye mask when I go to sleep. I put my eye mask over my eyes. Lights are off. Door is locked. Obviously, I don't have a roommate. I don't have anyone that could come into the room, right? Okay, just very much setting the scene. And what happened next is I eventually woke up um, from my nap, as one does. And I like sat up and I noticed at the end of my bed, like where my feet were on my bed, was my shoes that I had been wearing. Mm, What? The shoes that I had worn to class and then had worn back to my room that day, earlier that day, they were on the end of my bed, on top of my bed, on top of my blankets, just like sitting upright perfectly. How fucking strange is that? I was freaking the fuck out. I took a picture of it and I posted on my Finsta actually. So I'm actually going to post that picture on um, Instagram on the podcast, Instagram. So you guys can see what it looked like. I was freaking the fuck out because obviously no one could have done this, right? No one could have had access to my room. No one came into my room when I was sleeping because no one else had a key besides me. Um, and obviously I didn't do it because my shoes were wet and slushy. Like I wouldn't, I mean, first of all, who puts like shoes that they just wore outside on top of their like comforter no one um but I definitely wouldn't have put these shoes that were literally wet and snowy and gross on top of my bed and so I remember I just like sat up and I stared at them and I was like what the fuck because it was just it was so weird like what a weird thing for a ghost to do right like oh like who did that um I thought that was like so bizarre I remember I ended up googling like why do ghosts like fuck with your shoes because like there has to be some weird symbolism behind that right because like that's such a weirdly specific thing it's not really like scary you know what I mean it's not like 
I don't know. It's not like haunting or spooky. It's just kind of like odd. It's just kind of like you're messing with me. Right. And this was not the only time that the ghost fucked with my shoes. Um, there had been other times when I would, um, I think this was actually my friend who was like visiting. She laid down on my bed. She kind of like flopped back down on my bed and ended up kicking her shoes off because she was still wearing like sneakers. And so she kicked her shoes off like you do like over the edge of your bed. And so they just kind of like fell on the ground. And like two minutes later, she sat up and her shoes were like perfectly placed next to each other as if like you were standing in them, you know? And she was like, why are my shoes like that? Like she literally just kicked them off. And one of them landed pretty far originally. And then they were both like right at the foot of my bed. Perfect, like in perfect position. It was the weirdest thing that was creepy. And that would happen to my shoes sometimes too. When I would just like kick them off. And then like a minute later I would look and they would be perfectly next to each other. It was so weird. It was just like a strange thing to have happen. Like I said, I tried to look up what this meant, but I couldn't really find an answer. But I'm like, does he have a foot fetish? I don't understand. <laughs> like, why does he care about my shoes so much? Um, and I think I saw, I, I feel like I remember seeing something that was like them trying to move forward or something. And they like did that symbolically through the shoes. I don't know. But that was not at all a legitimate source. So we're not going to, we're not even going to entertain that. But just weird. And I also, as I'm telling this, I remember when I did have my roommate in the fall semester, um, I would always like think we would always think that each other, like that I was fucking with her. She was fucking with me because we would be doing homework like at our desks and like get up and randomly, like it would be turned to a different page or like our notebook would be underneath our book where like we had left it on like next to it, just random little things like that. And she would always look at me and be like, did you just move this? And I, I would I'd be like, no, I've literally have been laying in bed for the last five minutes. Like, no, I, I didn't touch it. I haven't even gotten up. And that just happened so many times. Um, just like little things like that. So again, it wasn't anything like scary. It was just very much like we knew the ghost was there and it was kind of a joke, but it was also kind of like, mm, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Um, okay. So the next ghost story that also takes place in this building did not happen to me because, um, and this was actually a very hard story to uncover because as you can imagine, um, living in a haunted dorm and there was like four RAs, residence assistants, if you don't know what I'm talking about, there was four RAs that lived in this building and one resident director that lived in this building. We also had a, we also had a priest that lived in this building. I don't know why this was so normal, but it was, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Cause we had like brothers that lived on campus. This is so weird as I'm telling you, but we just thought it was normal. It was just normal to have a priest living in our dorm. And I guess that this had, um, there was always a priest on campus and they always lived in this building. I think because it had like separate, separate rooms that were like, um, kind of, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, like separate from the dorms, but like nice sized rooms. So it just worked out well to like house, you know, priests and the resident director and all that. Um, okay. So this story, I, like I said, had to go to great lengths to find because as you can imagine, the people who were like running this building obviously didn't want people finding out that it was fucking haunted. And like I said, I did an extensive amount of research to find out that three people had died in the building, all of this stuff. And so it was just kind of, they didn't want people to know about that because obviously they could have a lot of issues if people like start freaking out that the room is haunted like me, <laughs> but I never, okay. I never caused them any issues. I just wanted, I just wanted the tea, you know what I mean? And I eventually, I ended up getting some tea out of my RA and she was like, she knew how obsessed I was with this building being haunted because we used to have to do like check-ins with her every semester. And I didn't really know, like I wasn't really close with her. I wasn't really friends with her, but every time I would do a check-in with her, maybe I'd do it twice a semester, I feel like. And every time I had to do one with her, basically I never knew what to say. She was a very awkward person. So I would just bring up how I'm like ghost hunting in the building because that seemed to be something we could like find common ground on. And she was always like, haha, no, there's no ghost in the building. Like she was so, she was denying it very aggressively denying it but she was kind of like listening to what I had to say and I was like oh my god you you want to believe what happened and the room that she lived in like all the RA's rooms they had their own bathrooms in it um and she used to say that like weird things would happen with like her shower curtain like she would shut her shower curtain and always like keep it closed obviously when she wasn't in the bathroom when she wasn't in that room 
and then she would come back and the shower curtain would be like wide open like all these crazy things would happen or she would hear the shower curtain move when she was like in her actual room and like couldn't see the shower and then would come in and it would be totally fine just very creepy things um but she like overall she couldn't really confirm or deny anything but then towards the end of the year I was talking to her and she decided to throw me a bone and tell me a story that had been like passed down through all the RAs that lived in this, that had been an RA in this building. And let me tell you, this story did not disappoint. Okay. So this took place a few years before I lived in this building. I think several years before, but it was when it was a dorm. It wasn't when it was still a seminary. Um, so basically this kid who lived in the dorm it was a weekend and he had gotten he had gone out he'd gotten really fucked up and her words not mine I'm kidding this is obviously my words she was like very wholesome she never would have said this but I have to add my own spin to it obviously um so he came back from going out that night and was like super fucked up and so fucked up that he actually ended up punching a window classic literally classic guy behavior um if you're not punching a wall you're punching a window and his hand had actually gotten really messed up from it because you know shards of glass ripping your skin open lovely sorry to paint that picture for you that was so aggressive on my part but you can imagine you punch a glass window what's gonna happen So, um, his hand was really bad and his roommate was like, oh shit, you need stitches. And his roommate didn't have a car or anything on campus. So he was like, okay, I need to go get the RA because like, I don't know what to do right now. And his roommate's freaking out that he's going to like, like it was bad. So his roommate goes and gets the RA and the RA is like, okay, well we have to call an ambulance. Like that was just their protocol that they had to do. So the RA takes the two boys um, to the the front lobby of this building. And remember, like I said, the front lobby is like not the lobby that any students would really go in. Um, and it's basically just this like giant enclosed room right next to the chapel. But like the, there's like doors closing it off. So it would have been like a silent, like a quiet room. And so the RA was having the two boys sit out there while she went to go get the RD and then call the police or not call the ambulance. You know what I mean? So it was just these two boys sitting on this bench in this room and this guy comes in and it was one of the priests that was living in the dorm at the time. And he's like, oh no, like what happened? And you know, the guy's like, I punched a window. Love that. And the priest is like, oh God. And he's like making jokes with the kid because the kid's freaking out at this point. I'm sure he's probably sobering up and realizing, oh fuck, what did I do to my hand? Um, so the priest is like being super comforting is trying to help calm the kid down. Who's like panicking at this point. He's like, don't worry. Like the ambulance is almost here. Like we're going to get you patched up. It's going to be fine. You just need a few stitches, whatever. And so, um, eventually like the RA comes back with the RD, the ambulance gets there. He goes to the hospital, the whole shebang. Right. So then the next morning the guy wakes up and is talking to his friend and they're just like recapping what, whatever the fuck happened the night before. Right. And he says to his friend he's like hey man which priest was that that was out there talking to us last night that was like calming me down he was so nice like I need to go thank him and his friend was like what do you mean it was just you and me and the RA was there like in the RD there was no one else there but it was just you and me sitting out in the lobby and he's like no 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 there was a priest that came up it was one of the ones that lives in the building and he was like no dude no priest came out last night and so there was no priest. There had been no priest. The priest wasn't real. The priest was a ghost. How insane is that? And it totally checks out with the story that two priests had died in the building many, many years before. Um, so people believe that it was one of the priests who had passed away in the building that was coming out to like be nice and provide guidance to the to the children who punch windows. Um, I just thought that was like oh my god like someone saw the ghost that is insane I thought it was so cool um and also it just goes to show that they clearly were very friendly ghosts they were only trying to help um so that did make me feel a little bit better but I felt the biggest sense of accomplishment when I got the tea out of her because I was like thank god I knew there was more (laughs) I knew there was more to the story um and yeah I never ended up getting to do the Ouija board that was actually really sad because I'm sure I would have been able to get even more tea but no one wanted to do it with me and that's fair. And then I, yeah. Okay. So anyways, going off of not in this building anymore, but just on my college campus in general. And this 
is another just, you know, tale that's been passed down, but I firmly believe it. Um, so all of like so many of the buildings at my college were named after this family that had been super prominent in the town that my college is in. They're called the Ames family. There's actually a whole entire like private high school in, um, in the town that my college was in that is named after this family. And like I said, all of the buildings at at my school were like named after this family, like different members of the family. And they basically were the family that started this college. And when they first started it in 1948, um, there was just one building when they first started. And it was this one that sits on top of a hill. It was the one that I worked in for many, many years. And it was, oh, that building in and of itself, fucking scary. I hated that building because I would have to go in the basement and it was terrifying. Um, but anyways, so it, when it originally started, it was just this one building on a hill. And then obviously over the... Oh, Jesus, Siri, God, it's the ghost, I'm telling you. Um, so obviously as the school expanded and grew bigger and bigger, uh, they ended up building, you know, the dorms and the dining hall and all of the academic buildings. But at the time of, of this accident, this crime, um, it was just the one building on the hill. And there's actually a pond um, on campus now like today that like a bunch of dorms are built around and there's like a bridge that you can walk over to get to some of the dorms but on um this pond is allegedly haunted okay let's get to the tea so um the family the Ames family that started the school allegedly had a daughter that's not alleged we can actually prove that we she they did have a daughter her name was Sally love her um and she one day decided to get in her plane she had a plane it was like one of those small one person planes because I'm this was like the 40s or 50s um and she got in her plane and she was driving flying around that's what you do in a plane um flying around the sky around like the college like it wasn't she wasn't going too far and unfortunately she ended up crashing her plane into the pond and then died what a what a dark what a dark turn but There is a legend that on the night that she died, like the anniversary of the night that she died, the pond itself glows and you can hear her screaming. (laughs) We love that so much. But that is that is the, the legend. And I actually never found that out for myself. And I don't know why. I don't think I actually knew the story until like my senior year. And I want to say that the date had already passed and that's why I never saw it. But isn't that just terrifying? Isn't that just terrifying? Um, so yeah, I just think the 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 college, the campus in general was very haunted. Really, really bad spooky vibes. Um, so yeah, those are my fun ghost stories from college. Okay, wait, this is Maddie who's editing this podcast episode. Um, I just have a tidbit to share because I looked it up because I was trying to figure out the date that the plane crash happened. Um, And it wasn't Sally Ames that crashed the plane. And I should have known because who would have let a woman fly a plane in the 1940s? That checks out. I completely forgot about sexism. Um, But Frederick Ames was the man in the plane who died who crashed and it's not a fog it's not like a lit up fog that comes off the pond it's a blue mist and then other people have said let me see um uh uh, okay every year on the same night a blue mist comes off the pond and creates a blanket of fog over the campus just as it clears a phantom plane appears with a pilot struggling to get out (laughs) That's terrifying. I'm honestly glad I didn't know that tidbit when I still went to school there. Okay, now that I've told the spooky stories, I thought we could end on a on a ha ha funny moment, right? Because you guys might be a little spooked, especially if you're listening to this at night. Probably should have given a disclaimer, or maybe these weren't scary to you at all. Maybe maybe you don't care, and maybe this doesn't have the same effect on you as it does on me. And that's fair. That is totally fair. But I thought we could end on like a light note where I'm going to tell a story that's absolutely at my expense. Um, and it's just, it's so embarrassing um, in hindsight. And it actually was actually very embarrassing in it actually, okay, literally take a shot every time I say, actually, I'm just kidding. I don't want the hospital bill from getting your stomach pumped. Um, but yeah, this was embarrassing in the moment as well. So just know that, have that as your peace of mind. But 
The story takes place when I was in sixth grade, I want to say. So I was probably, what, 12, 13, probably 12. My birthday's in the spring. Um, and this was like a week before Halloween, okay? And um, for reference, I hated being home alone as a child. I, like all of my friends were you know the first time that like your parents left you home alone it was like kind of a big deal or maybe it was for me because I was the oldest sibling um so I didn't have anyone you know there wasn't anyone to look after me because it was just me I was left to my own devices and I hated it so much I had this like insane innate fear that I was just gonna get kidnapped or snatched or someone was gonna rob the house while I was there or just get axe murdered like just these this absolute paranoia about that about it so I never wanted to be home alone like literally my mom would be like I'm just running down to the post office to like mail a letter and I'd be like I'm coming with you like I didn't care I would always choose to go with my parents if I could but um this one night it was a little bit better when I started to be home alone with my brother because for a while I wasn't because he was like too little um but then when they started leaving me home alone with my brother it was like a little bit better because at least I had like a distraction and like someone to use as a human shield if I had to you you know what I mean um, so this night it was like pitch blackout already, even though it wasn't that late, it was probably like five or six, but it was pitch blackout. Cause it was like the fall before daylight savings. You know how it is. Um, or maybe it's after daylight savings. I don't know. It was just pitch blackout, but it was definitely before daylight. Okay. So unnecessary for me to even get into that. It's pitch blackout. Like I said, week before Halloween, I am in my kitchen or my dining room with my brother. We're eating pasta that my mom had made for us before she left to go to a meeting at the high school in my town. She was on some committee at the time and had this meeting to go to. And so she left to go down to the high school, which is approximately three minutes away from my house, like very, very close. This is important. And then um, my dad was actually at the grocery store doing grocery shopping for the week. Um, and so he was probably going to be back in like 20 to 30 minutes by the time my mom left. So I wasn't going to be home alone for a long period of time. And I was with my brother. I was supposed to just be like eating my dinner and like, I don't know, doing whatever 12 year olds do. I have no idea. Um, so that is kind of the scene that we're, we're vibing in right now. Um, and also for, like, I would pull full on like home alone the movie like scenes when I was home alone because I was so terrified I would turn on like every light in the house I would crank the tv to make it sound like there was a lot of people in the house like you know in home alone when he gets like the cardboard cutouts and like moves them in front of the window to make it look like a person like I would have done that if I had had a cardboard cutout I was terrified and so, sometimes if I was actually home by myself and I thought someone was like outside my house, which like, why did I think that? I don't know. I would like open the window at the front of the house and I would yell, coming dad, <laughs> to make it sound like my dad was home so that if someone was trying to break into the house, they wouldn't break in because they knew that my dad was home and not just me. How fucking insane was I? And this was before I even got into true crime. I was 12. So insane. Okay. So anyways, I'm sitting at the kitchen table with my brother eating our pasta. Um, my mom had just left. It's pitch black outside. And I happen to see, um, I live on a main road for reference. Um, so I've always gotten really freaked out when people like slow down and park in front of my house because it's like not the kind of road where you can do that. Like you just can't. It's like a very busy street. There's like nowhere to pull off, but people still have. And it always freaks me out because I'm like, what are you doing? Like there's a neighborhood right next to my house. So like, why wouldn't you pull in there if you had to, I don't know, turn around or do something. Um, and so right next to my driveway, there was this little, there was like another little driveway. I have no idea how to explain it. It was just like this tiny little driveway that could fit like two cars. And it weirdly enough belonged to my neighbors across the street. I think I, I don't think it was mine. I don't think it's ours, but it was just weird. It's like not attached to my driveway. It's like next to it. So anyways, um, I happen to see headlights in that driveway, the one right next to mine. And like, there's not a house there. Does this make sense? It's like woods, but then there's this one little like driveway. I have no idea how else to describe this, but I see headlights in that area and I'm like, mm, what the fuck? Um, cause pitch black outside, I just see headlights and like my neighbors would only have people park over there if they were like having a party and like needed extra parking. And like, they obviously weren't, it was like a Tuesday night at like six o'clock. Like what? Um, so I thought it was so weird. And I called my mom terrified because I'm like, who the fuck? It was just like a weird thing to have happen. And like, I stand by that. That is weird. 
And I called my mom who was like about to walk into this meeting. She literally had just left. I don't even think she had gotten to the high school yet. Like I called her right away and she picked up and she's like, like, what's wrong? And I was like, there's a car parked in the driveway or the, what did we call it? The turnaround? I don't even know what we called it. I was like, there's someone parked over there. And my mom was like, okay, well, like maybe it's someone for the neighbors. Like maybe it's someone who's like lost and they just pulled off to like find directions or something. And I was like, I obviously was not buying it. I was like, no, it's someone to kill me, obviously. And my mom was like, sure, sure. Okay. My mom was like, don't worry. Dad's going to be home soon. Like, it's fine. The doors are locked. Like you're inside, like you'll be fine. And, um, that obviously was not enough for me. So I'm already very, very, very on edge. Okay. I'm freaking out. I'm, my brother is completely oblivious because he's like five or six at the time. So he has no fucking clue what's going on, but I'm freaking out. Right. And, and, um, a few minutes later, there's a knock on the door and saying it was a knock is really, really, truly putting it mildly. It was like pounding, like incessant pounding on the door. And I'm terrified because I had just seen the car lights over like next to my driveway. And now there's a, what sounds to be a gigantic man banging his hand on the door. I'm so scared. I'm literally so scared. Um, so I turned to my brother and I'm freaking out. My brother could not care less. He literally couldn't give two shits. He's like, yeah, I heard it. What of it? And I'm like, uh, what? Who is that? Like, he's like, I don't know. Go get the door. I'm like, cause he doesn't understand like danger at this point. Right. He's like six. Um, and I'm like, I'm obviously not going down to the door, like home alone. And also very important. My house has like a side door. Um, we have these like stairs that lead up to a porch that leads to like our back door. And that's the door that all of my family uses. That's the door that like I use every single day when I come into the house. It's the door all of our friends would go into, like our family friends. Like, so the fact that this person was banging on the front door really indicated that it was someone that I didn't know, right? Because if it had been someone who I knew, then I would have, I would have been like, okay, they would have come up to the back door. It would have been totally fine. And also this is before I was like obsessed with ordering things on Amazon because right, I was 12. So this was like, we weren't getting like deliveries. This wasn't, this wasn't an everyday occurrence, right? This was weird. Um, just so bizarre. Okay. So pounding on the door. Now, my first reaction was to look out the window that's in my living room where you can like see the front yard, but it you can't see the front door because it's just like, it's the weird, like it's such a weird angle. You could never see the front door from it, but I thought I could like look out into the front yard and maybe see if there was something there or like see if there was like a truck in the driveway. I don't know. And I look outside and I can't see anything in the front yard. It's also pitch black. Like there's nothing. I can't see anything. And then the, then someone comes back and pounds on the door again. <laughs> Great. So you might be thinking, what would you do in this situation? You could A, avoid the whole thing. If you're really freaked out, you could B, maybe call your mom or your dad and be like, when are you coming home? Like, what's going on? Also, I think when I called my mom freaking out about the car, I want to say I called my dad too. And I was like, when are you coming home? And he was like, never. I'm like, amazing. And I think I texted him. I was like, when are you coming home? And he said, never. And I said, no, really. And he's like, I'm in Canada. And he was obviously fucking kidding, but rude <laughs> literally so rude me having a panic attack my dad I'm in Canada great 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 so anyways I knew my dad would be coming home soon I could have just waited for him to come home I could have called my mom again even though she was really annoyed at me so that probably wouldn't have been in my best interest so what did I do what did I do take a minute and if you yeah just take a minute and guess okay ready I called 911 <laughs> I in good conscience picked up my home phone, dialed 911 and pressed send. Right? Great. Obviously, what else do you do in that situation? So I called 911. Um, bear in mind, my brother is sitting out at the table eating pasta and just doesn't have any fucking clue what's going on. I call 911. I'm talking to the 911 operator. I'm like, hi, I'm home alone. I'm 12 years old. I live at this address there's a person pounding on my front door and I know it's not someone I know. And it's really scary because I'm home alone. And the 911 operator was like, okay, like I'm going to send someone out right away, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you need to stay on the phone with me while, you know, until the officer gets there. I'm like, okay. And he's like, don't go near the door. Don't go do anything. He's like, can you see anything out like out of any other window? I'm like, no. 
And so I'm just on the phone with him, <laughs> with him and um, keep in mind, my mom is three minutes away. My dad is at the grocery store, which is probably five minutes away. I called 911. Um, not to mention genuinely not sure what I thought was happening, like in hindsight, because if someone was breaking into my home, quick question, Maddie, why would they knock? why would they be knocking on your door just to like see if you'll open it up and let them in so they don't have to like you know forced entry they don't have to do that is that what they would do like I'm so confused as to why I ever thought that like a burglar would knock that is so weird I must have thought so highly of them at the time but anyways so I'm on the phone with the 911 operator and he's like yeah don't go down to the door he's asking me like is anyone else home with you I'm like my little my little brother's home with me and um, he's like, okay, great. Like, how old is your brother? Like, where are your parents? Because it it obviously sounds like kind of concerning. Like, oh, I'm I'm home alone with my brother. My parents aren't here, and I think someone's breaking in. He's like, uh, what? Where are your parents? I'm like, my mom's at a meeting. My dad's at the grocery store. He's like, okay. Um, and I don't know what happened. I still don't know what happened or like what came over me. But I finally decided to go. Down. So our front door, which is the door that someone had been banging on, there was like two windows on either side of it, like the, you know, the skinny little windows. Um, and I, I hadn't gone down the stairs to go to the front door because I was so terrified that like he would see me, the man, the, the burglar, the alleged burglar. I was so terrified. So I didn't go anywhere near it. Right. And what ended up happening is I think just like I got courage because I knew I was on the phone with the 911 operator, I got the courage to go down the stairs and in my house to look out the window next to the front door. And when I did, much to my surprise and joy, honestly, I saw a bucket of candy and a Halloween trick-or-treating basket on my front steps. And if you don't know what this means, um, I was getting booed by my friends. If you've never been booed, it's when your friends come over and like ring the doorbell and leave you a bucket of candy on your front like stoop. And then you open up the door because you think there's going to be a person there. Then there's just a bucket of candy on like your doormat. And it's like this fun little Halloween tradition. And then if you get booed, you're supposed to go boo someone else. And it's so fun. And so this was actually my best friend booing me. And I walked outside or I saw the thing and I was like, oh my God, I'm, I, I said to the guy on the phone, I was like, oh my God, I'm getting booed. And he's like, literally, what does that mean? He had no clue what, what it meant. So I'm trying to explain it to him. I was like, oh, it's like a Halloween thing. Like it must be my friends. And he was like, no, don't go outside. Cause I'm sure in his mind, he's like, oh Jesus, no, this is like human trafficking. Like they're going to snatch you. And like fair. Um, but so then at that moment, the police officer pulled into my driveway and like had his lights off and everything because he probably thought he was going to like chase down some some robber down down the street and he pulls into the driveway and it was at that moment that my friend and her little brother came out of like the bushes next to my house and we're like what's going on <laughs> and I'm like I called the cops on you guys and they're like literally why we're booing you and I was like no yeah I see that now um so I hang up with the guy on 911 on the 911 call love that and the cop is there and then at this point my friend's mom who had been sitting in the car that was parked next to my driveway that I was terrified about she was waiting in the car for like her kids to come and boo me and so she comes out of, out of her car because she's like, what the fuck is a police officer doing here? And she's like, oh, my God, Maddie, what's going on? And I'm like, I called 911. <laughs> Everyone was just so fucking confused and like fair, totally, totally fair. Don't get me wrong. So then I ended up having to like explain to everyone that I called 911. And then um, she was like, OK, my friend's mom was like, OK, I'm going to call your dad because he's going to freak out when he pulls in the driveway. And there's like a cop here. So then she called my dad to like let him know. And my dad was literally right around the corner about to pull in the, to the driveway. So then my dad gets there. Um, the police officer is like interviewing me because <laughs> I guess he had to like get my statement or something. So I was like filling in the blanks for him. My brother finally like came outside and the cop was like, so Dave, what were you doing while all this was happening? And my brother goes, I was just eating my pasta. Like my brother had no fucking clue what was going on. Um, and then, yeah, my dad got home. My dad had to talk to the cop and then my friends left and it was just so awkward. It was so awkward. 
because I just called 911 on my friend. And so whatever. So then they left. And then I remember my mom and I was I weirdly went downstairs and like watched Glee that night to like calm myself down. <laughs> Literally. So bizarre. And then my mom got home and she had no idea that any of this had happened because she was in this meeting the whole time. So she gets home like an hour later and I'm like, mom. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> I called 911 tonight. And she was like, what the what? Because to her knowledge, all that had happened was a car had been parked next to my driveway. So she thought that I had just called 911 because there was a car next to my driveway. And then when I told her the full story, she was like, okay, that makes sense, I guess. I mean, everyone kept telling me like, you did the right thing, you know, because that's what you tell kids who call 911 when something bad happens. So that way they aren't afraid to call 911 again in the future. But yeah, that that did happen and then the worst part is I had to go to school the next day and like my friend started telling everyone that I called 911 on her the night before that's so embarrassing (laughs) that is so embarrassing um so yeah and then I was that was really traumatizing for me and I was literally so afraid to be home alone after that and I just can never get over like what did I really think was going to happen was the burglar going to knock and then I would open the door and then like what would he knock me over and go take all of our gems and our jewels. We don't have those. What? Um, anyways, so yeah, that's that's the time I called 911 when, when I was actually just getting booed. Love that for me. Um, I hope you guys liked these stories. I love doing little story time episodes. I think they're so much fun. So I hope you guys like them too. Uh, reminder, follow the podcast Instagram at parchedcarconvos.pod. That's where I'm going to post the spooky the spooky shoes on my bed um you'll be able to see those firsthand terrifying um and yeah thanks so much for listening and have a happy halloween guys oh also let me know what you're dressing up for for halloween i need to know i simply need to know so message me that too i would love to know okay bye everyone